0: Hello, and welcome to In The Know. This is the podcast where we talk about all things property. My name is Dominika Bartor, and I'm a Buyers Advocate with Henderson Advocacy. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to keeping you in the know. Well, Celia, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me, I'm excited. The backdrop, like I was saying earlier, it looks like a Zoom background that people have on holidays, but it's your everyday office in Dangar Island.
1: This this is a legitimate background. I'm sitting here at the Dangar Island Depot, which is the cafe on
0: the island, and this is what it looks like. Unbelievable. Well, what I'd love to do this morning is really run through your runway to real estate and how you got to where you are now, obviously being a household name specifically around Dangar Island and then, I I'd, yeah, and then I'd, I'd love to run through just the island itself because it's it's such a cool spot it's very 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 unique and it's yeah. so tightly held that i'd love to learn more about it myself
1: sure
0: awesome oh, <laughs> so first off being you know one of the top agents around dangar specifically i'd love to know how you found your way there
1: I actually moved myself from Balmain uh, about seven years ago and I bought on the river a little bit further uh, northwest of Dangar. I was sort of looking around in Balmain like, what could I buy? I could afford basically a toilet cubicle at port a or I could buy a whole house here on the river. Uh, so it just was a no-brainer for me and I packed my bags and went I knew absolutely no one. But I'm really lucky. I landed on my feet. I met my husband here. We had, now have two children. The community is like a big warm hug. It is just the best place on earth. I'm so grateful.
0: Amazing. And what made you, um, I guess, go from Balmain to Danga? Was it, like you said, just the aspect of Bang for Buck in terms of property or was it a whole lifestyle change that you were after? I think
1: both. I grew up um, in the Southern Highlands, so I was always used to having a bit more space and I've always gravitated to having a village and a village community and I think that's why I was in Balmain because it has a very similar kind of thing. Um, and it's interesting since I've noticed a lot of people who buy on Danga have come from the inner west. So there's definitely that village mentality and appreciation here.
0: Awesome. And so being obviously now, you know, involved in real estate up up the river, so to speak, Yeah. was that, did you come from a real estate background previously and naturally progressed into real estate around Danga? Yeah. Look, I did it about, ooh, probably 15 years ago now in the city and I hated it. Because it
1: just wasn't what I thought real estate was about. Um, it wasn't sort of the property matchmaking and the idealism that I had about real estate. Um, and then when I bought my house here, the real estate agent who sold in my house was amazing. Kevin Cooper in his 80s, so honest, so transparent, pointed out all the flaws in the house. And I was like, wow, oh, you can be a really good human and be a real estate agent. Um, so, I asked him if he had any plans to retire or succession plans, and he let me buy his business. So, thank you, Kevin.
0: Incredible. Thanks, Kev. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. Thank
0: yeah. you for asking as well. I feel like not many people would kind um, of yeah. think and even think to ask. So, that's incredible. So, you've created your whole lifestyle on sort of one move and one question, really, that's progressed into what it is now. Totally. Incredible. That's how
1: much I love the area. I come here and I was like, I love this area. I never want to leave. Carry me out in the box. How can I build my world here? Um, and that's what I've done.
0: Unbelievable. And so the team at Riverfront Realty at the moment, how large is the squad, so to speak?
1: We have seven. Um, well, six mainly, and then we call my husband the volunteer. He doesn't <laughs> get paid. He just gets to do all the fun stuff like put signboards up or take a person building inspector to a property because he can drive a boat. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much anything else I demand, he's an amazing person.
0: Wow. And do you focus specifically on Danga or do you broaden, so to speak, on the surrounding suburbs as well?
1: Yeah, we do the lower Hawkesbury. Um, so that's everything from Little Wobby past Danga right up to Marlow is full of our northern edge and then down to Broward Waters. So it's quite a diverse range. And then also the mainland suburbs, or mainland as we call it, Brooklyn, Minimi, and Chiro.
0: Awesome. And of, of those suburbs, where would you say the majority of the business takes place for you and your team? Definitely um, Bar Point where my house is and uh, Dangar
1: Island as well. And I think that's just because of the numbers. So they're the two biggest settlements on the river. Um, so, yeah, it just sort of naturally is worked out that way. And Yeah, probably my two, two very special places in my heart.
0: And between Bar Point and danga correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is they're both boat access only. Is that right? Yes. Uh, the key difference is that at Bar Point you've got to have your own boat. At danga
1: Island you have the luxury of a public ferry service that comes in about 15 times a day. Um, so I sort of consider Dango a bit more of that stepping stone from suburban North Shore life to river life. And then Bar Point and the other um, settlements are more you're hardcore river people
0: now. You're hardcore river people. I love that. Yeah. And, yeah. Not that you're not on Dango. Yeah. <laughs> now, I wanted to touch on a point you made earlier around a lot of the people moving from the inner west of Sydney onto the island. In terms of, say, Dangar Island specifically, the population there, have you found that it's predominantly people moving from Sydney, you know, part-time or have you found there's actually quite a good mix in terms of both full-time people that live on the island Versus weekend? Danga,
1: Danga's a little bit different. It probably gets more of a mixture. So um, there's definitely been a big surge in the last three years, particularly for a lot more full-timers moving in. I guess COVID, work from home, flexibility, lifestyle choices. I People want to be somewhere really scenic. But Danga, because it has the ferry and things, it's probably more of a balance of full-timers and weekenders and holiday lets, a bit more investment potential, um, you know, for holiday returns. So it's got a real mix of things
0: right and would you say you know what would the main demographic for example be on the island everything we
1: have everything from newborn babies people in their 90s and it's probably what i love about this area in general is just the way that community really meshes well so everyone gets on it doesn't matter if you're a baby you're a senior if you're rich if you're poor who cares when you're at dangar bolo it just doesn't matter everyone <laughs> will have a chat and a yarn and a beer and um it's it's a really lovely connection
0: agreed and that's the one thing that stood out for me every time I've been on the island you know I I got the little buggy and I did a lap and then I did a lap myself you know on my two feet went down to the polo, and it was just lovely to see those families playing bowls and there was you know couples having drinks it was just yeah all-encompassing little environment there that's just it's very wholesome to see it is. It's very, very special. It really is
1: an old school village where everyone is intimate, and it's so safe for the kids. It's so nice, you know. As a parent myself, like, here, you can let your kids run free and you know that if they don't come back to you for lunch, they're probably in someone else's house getting lunch and that they all come back before dark and they all know not to go out of the water without an adult or a life jacket. So um, what freedom our children can have in this day and age.
0: What a great way to grow up for the kids on the island as well. It's unbelievable. Totally. totally. Unbelievable. And over the past few years, you touched on COVID and that sort of fusion of people moving onto the island more full-time. Has that brought a different feel to the island or have you found that it still maintained that sense of community despite more people coming on? I think it depends who you ask. You
1: know, I mean, there's going to be some people who have been here for a long time where that change is scary Um, and there's going to be others who have been here for a long time where that change is welcome. You know, that's such a subjective question. I think the essence of the island has retained. I think the humility of the river is retained, um, although prices are going really, really strong. We've got several in the two millions now. I don't think there's any of that air of elitism. you know, here. It's, um, it's a very chilled place where, you know, people are just people and I take people on face value, which is really refreshing
0: awesome like I said it's just an unbelievable environment to me and I've only just discovered the island myself over the past few months and it's just such a hidden gem and it's such an awesome place to visit whether it's for a weekend or whether it be a weekender or like you said some people living on there full-time last time I was on the island I got with a buggy around the island which I believe is a volunteer run service it yes, exactly.
1: it's great. So it's a roster. So if you live in the island and have a house, you join the buggy roster. You might do one day a month, and you agree to drive that golf buggy around, which we count to provide. Um, and it's a really small fee for people. I think it's a couple of dollars if you're a senior, a bit more if you're not. And that
0: can just help you get your
1: groceries up, or if you're coming home with big bags of fertilizer, or you know, it just makes your everyday living that bit easier.
0: Exactly. And that's the key thing I took away from it as well, that the gentleman driving the golf cart buggy was so excited to tell me about the island. You can tell yeah. that he was in love with it. And his journey was similar yeah. to what you mentioned in terms of moving from the northern beaches to Dangar with his family. And it initially was a part-time weekend type you know, notion quickly moved into it being majority yeah. full-time because the kids they have a waterfront so they're quite lucky in that they've got the boat they've got the, yeah. the wharf the kids go fishing every day it's just yeah. an awesome environment to bring the family up in
1: it really is it really is it's, it's like stepping back in time yet with all your mod cons you know there's a full restaurant here there's cafe community hall there's a fire service there's a um, community first responders which is like a just the next level just on the ambulance officers. So you've got everything you need. It's really well set up.
0: And that was one of my key questions as well when I first came on the island is obviously you've got a big bag of people, you know, younger generations, slightly older generations. Yeah. If for example there was, you know, an ambulance required, because you're in basically the middle of a body of water, what does the access look like to the mainland for things like that?
1: It's pretty good. So this whole area has been imported into the Triple O system so they know where everything is and there's actually set plans for the island. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got a tribe of first responders here and they've got quite a good um, amount of equipment Bringing you down to the wharf. Um, the ambulance officers can arrive by a police boat, which is you know not far, so it's just located in Brooklyn. So it all works out quite well. Um, there's defibrillators around and accessible that can be dropped here. So we're, we're pretty lucky on that front.
0: Very well established by the sound of it. Yeah.
1: Great. Yeah.
0: Right. And conversely to that, for kids going to schools, because is there a school on the island? No school on the island. Um,
1: contrary to what you might read in one of the old sentences, but there is no school here. Um, so what they do is they have another voluntary system with the um, parents and you become like the ferry mum or the fairy parent. So they'll all the other parents bring their kids down to the walk. And then I think two of them will go across with the kids on the ferry. And then they wait in this little park in Brooklyn, the kids have a great time. They play Bull Rush and tip and whatever else. And then the school bus picks them up and takes them to school. And the same happens in reverse. So, it, again, it's really well set up.
0: Unbelievable. And in terms of the other amenities, there's a cafe and a bolo, and it sounds like they're the two sort of for where the community meets around the island. Definitely, definitely. Um, and having that community hall
1: available, you know, if someone wants to teach yoga or have a kid's birthday party, that's available too. And probably another institution, which isn't so much a structure, but there's the Danga Island um, Garden Club. It's amazing and it's a real um, way to bind everyone in the community. Everyone's really involved and they do great stuff and they educate and a lot of the produce they serve at the bowling club actually is hand from that garden, which is really nice. So when you get your burger, it's got the freshest lettuce you could possibly imagine.
0: There you go. What a fun fact. Yeah. I've heard there's an open mic night, I believe, as well. It is, and that's actually how my husband and I got together. So um, that is something
1: very near and dear to me. It uh, is typically the first Friday night of the month. And, again, it's awesome because whether you're terrible or you're fantastic, you can get up there and have a go and have a sing and the crowd will cheer you on. Um, There's no negativity, you know, and it's such a fun like being on Disneyland for a couple of hours, you know, everyone's just into it and that's fun. That's really nice. But there's some really talented users as well. So it sort of gets better and better as the evening progresses.
0: And then whether that's because of the amount of drinks or because of the talent, I guess a little column, column B but I'll
1: say that I would be one of the ones who would probably play earlier in the evening
0: <laughs> and then it gets better as it goes on. But look it's fun. It's really fun. It sounds like it. And I'd like to touch on the property itself on the island. Having a look around, there's such a diverse collection of yeah. property styles. What would you say is the most common Danga house, so to speak?
1: There, there isn't one. It is such a mixed bag. It is so eclectic. It's incredibly hard for me to appraise because they're all completely opposite from each other. Um, yeah, there's nothing that looks alike. And then you've got to consider things that are on the um, inner circuit of the island and then the waterfront, so the land, how, there's what they've got, um, up a hill, down a hill, reception, no reception, you know, how
0: fast the tide runs, does so the water like from the beach. Um, it's such a big range. Definitely. And on your point around the various parts of the island, like you said, there's that sort of inner ring, there's the more northerly side, there's the easterly side. Where yeah. would you say? the top maybe two coveted pockets would be of the island for buyers that might be looking?
1: The north and then ironically south. So the northern um, pocket, they're all very tightly held. They normally hang on to them for 20 years plus. Oh. Um, it's deep water, jetties, north-facing, a little bit past the ferry, so sort of a bit more private. And then you've got the beachfronts as well. So they don't have jetties, but they've got the beach, so just a really great lifestyle thing. You imagine they're really popular on Airbnb and things like that. Um, they're probably the two most prevalent I mean the whole island is desirable everyone everyone wants to be here
0: it's true and if if you were to live on Dangal, where would you pick to reside I would probably go the east side controversial Um, yeah I it's
1: just really chill the access can be a little bit tidal there depending on which section you're in but it's just calm a little bay it's on the flat I just think it's really pretty and
0: yeah I like simple things Agreed, likewise. Yeah. And in terms of, I guess, the island and, and where you see the island, obviously there's a lot of stuff happening in the world on a macro and a micro level. How have you found that's impacted yeah. the island, for example, in things like, you know, accessibility with the floods, you know, happening at the moment, which is devastating for various parts yeah. of South Wales? How has that impacted the island itself?
1: We are so fortunate here that in terms of actual flood levels, everyone's completely fine. So none of the houses here in the foreseeable future will ever be affected by the waters themselves, which is great. What we do find with that kind of amount of rain, we've got a lot of trees. I think we've got the most trees out of any sort of in Sydney um, <laughs> on Danga. You know, sometimes the roots can get, you know, salty and they can fall. Um, but we did have public ferry was shut down for about three days last week because there was so much debris that had washed down from further up river it created the hazard and with the beautiful fairies, this gorgeous timber vessel, it can't risk being punctured um, because that's not very safe. So they had to shut mm. down the um, the taxi. They stepped in to help it out because they're aluminium hull and they were able to take up that slack. So they still had options, which just a slightly different
0: option. Yeah, right. Made it slightly more difficult to get access by the sounds of.
1: Yeah, and a bit more costly too because, you know, a ferry... Um, is obviously goes on bulk. The taxi has smaller numbers, so they can't charge the same price as a ferry does, but they were braiding some pretty horrendous conditions to, you know, be out there in big swells and doing that for the community. So, you know, fair's fair.
0: Yeah, definitely. And do you envision for the next few years the island sort of remaining as a time capsule or are there there plans for, you know, another cafe potentially or... I saw various pockets of the land, which I know were quite steep, so I assume would be quite hard to build on. But are there any plans for, you know, small scale, scale expansion on the island?
1: Not really. What's here is here. Everything else is reserve, and that's what's so special. So there's nothing else that is commercially zoned enough to be another cafe. Well, there's one one that is actually right next to the cafe, but that's a private residence, so I don't think it, anything will happen there. But everything else is just residential. It's all environmental. Uh, living, which is great. So it was stay. It's going to be beautiful, clean air.
0: And- awesome. Sorry, Celia, I just cut out slightly there, but it sounds like it's it's staying as the you know perfect haven for you know the time capsule and yeah. the beauty that it is.
1: Yeah, definitely. I just think with just the zoning, you know, it's all environmental living and they're never going to have that kind of large-scale development. So what's here is here. Apart from maybe a few new houses being built on vacant land, it's always going to be a nice village, blue skies right there.
0: Love it. That's what you want, isn't it? (laughs) How good. Yeah, absolutely. And is that the same for, you know, the other residences that you mentioned around, say, Bar Point? Is it the same sort of notion in terms of being exactly as is quite sort of? update here and there but it's just like I said a hidden gem that's going to remain as perfect as it is now pretty much because we're surrounded by national
1: parks there's no other land holdings um and there's nothing that's zoned for development uh, with the exception of the Pete Island site which they're talking about at the moment putting out for the consultations something will happen there I personally would love to see it be some kind of mix of um, cockatoo island meets Newcastle for sure I think it could be an amazing historic <laughs> That bit vibrant um, space that respects both the uh, Indigenous and colonial in the history of Australia. So yeah, a lot of opportunity there, but the villages around it, what's here is here and it will always stay quiet, which is lovely.
0: Love it. Awesome. And final question for you, for anyone that's looking to go to the island for a weekend, maybe top three things you recommend they check out or do. Oh, okay.
1: Well, you've definitely got to go and have some of um, Sharon's cooking at the Bolo and have a beer. Probably get some lawn bowls as well. You yeah. have to go for a swim or a walk on um, Bradley's feet. Recommend to do it at high tide though, and then I jump in a boat or a tinny and you know go and explore some cool creeks. There's some really special places you know you can find that are off the beaten track and you can swim in freshwater waterholes. So lots to discover.
0: Awesome, unbelievable. That, that's all the questions from me. Thank you so much for the time and running. Thank a, you so much. The jam, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Goodness, I'm so jealous that that's your day-to-day. It's incredible where you are. Come on down anytime, Dom. <laughs> I'll, see, I'll probably see you next week, actually. Uh, yeah, I know exactly. Those are the we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Celia. My pleasure. Thank you so much. This is general advice and does not take into account your objectives, situations or needs. You should consider if this advice is suitable to you and your circumstances. Please read any applicable PDS beforehand. Thank you for listening to the podcast.